Let's answer some questions and talk about pay to win. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Uplink. But first off, I want to highlight our Patreon, patreon.com slash Uplink podcast. Please come join us there and help support the show and help us bring all of this content to you on a weekly basis, as well as continue to bring content for the YouTube channel. Also, for supporting at the Uplink Plus level, you'll get exclusive access to the Uplink Plus podcast, where we'll be talking about all of the Star Wars movies in depth. Each episode will be dedicated to an episode of Star Wars. So come join us. I'm super pumped for it. Now, let's get on to the rest of the podcast. First off, we have a little bit of news to cover in this week. It was announced that Star Wars Battlefront 2015 is the best-selling Star Wars game of all time. And personally, it is it's probably my favorite game in the franchise, and that includes the original. I mean, the originals, if I'm looking for offline content where you can actually play for it, I mean, the originals do have that advantage, but... I love, love, love Battlefront 2015. Have so much nostalgia for it. And yes, while Battlefront 2 2017 does have better gameplay mechanics and especially lightsaber combat, I have so much nostalgia and love the look and the feel and the maps that Battlefront 2015 added. But it's good to see how popular Battlefront 2015 was, and it's quite impressive. Next off, there has been some rumors and some leaks going around around a Mandalorian game. So, according to this leaker, a Mandalorian game is being shopped around as an idea but not in active development or attached to a dev team or company, according to Nick Baker from the Xbox Era podcast, with the possibility that it's an Xbox exclusive game. And that's that's kind of them thinking about it, just from his sources, uh, but it is being shopped around. And that makes total sense. And it would make total sense that that is an idea that is being shopped around for a Star Wars game. Mandalorian has been wildly popular. It's a fantastic show, and while, no spoilers, but while I didn't really enjoy one of the things that they did in the second season, it is still a fantastic show and tells some great stories in Star Wars. And Nick Baker is a pretty reputable leaker and has some pretty lengthy sources, but again, this is a leak, so take it with as much of a grain of salt as you can, because there is no guarantee that any of this comes to fruition, especially when it comes to a game that is being shopped around as an idea versus tied to a studio. And with that news out of the way, I want to deep dive into a Q&A episode. So... Later on in the episode, we'll be talking about pay-to-win, pay-to-play, and why it's a thing in gaming right now. But first off, it's been a while since we did an actual Q&A, so let's have a fun Q&A here and talk about what you guys would like to know. And if you'd like to keep up to date on all the things in terms of announcements for the podcast and what we'll be talking about, keep up to date on Twitter at Uplink Podcast or as part of our Discord, and a link to that will be in the description. So starting off, a question from Zio here. What Star Wars projects would you like to see within the next decade? And that's a huge, huge question. And that's not just in the next five years, it's the next ten years. What would I like to see in a, a Star Wars game or Star Wars project in the next decade? Star Wars project could be film could be gaming. I'm going to take those in two directions here. First off, let's talk about film. What I would love to see is more of uh, 
the smaller scale Star Wars stories. I'd love to see Star Wars stories that aren't around the huge galaxy changing parts of Star Wars. I want to see I want to see a rom-com. I want to see standard genres told within a Star Wars universe. That's what interests me. I, l- I would love to see that, whether it's a TV show or a movie. I, th- I think a TV show would probably be more popular around in that and would definitely suit the TV style better. So that's what I'd like to see on the film TV t- side of things. But on the gaming side of things, I would love to see something that uses Coruscant. Please, 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 please. Something that uses Coruscant. I love Coruscant. I would love to see more. Next decade, let's say in 2031. Oh my gosh. Crazy thing that's 10 years from now. Seems like it should be so much longer. What I would love to see is more Star Wars games. I would love to see, maybe not every year, but every two years, we get something that's new in Star Wars. And I would also love to see, would love to see this, a small-scale, scalable Star Wars game. Something that leans into all of the new things around gaming. Whether that's currently or years down the road. Something that just embodies the world of gaming. Would love to see a Star Wars Battle Royale as well. A Star Wars Battle Royale would be fantastic in my opinion. I think it would be so cool. Again, the the, the universe of Star Wars is so incredible. And is so loved by so many people. That they they could copy and paste whatever genre is out there and i would love love to play it survival horror game iwakan its own standalone game would be fantastic a fighting game but 3d heroes versus villains the game would love to see it i would love to see more smaller scale star wars experiences like fallen order and star wars squadrons again that's a franchise that i would love to see continue with the rise of esports and uh, by the time this episode comes out, Eckhart's Letter will have just finished the amazing, amazing, huge tournament for Star Wars Squadrons. And I, I'm so glad to be a part of it. It's been a blast. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Or did enjoy it. By the time this episode comes out, it should be finished. Finished, but we shall see. Really looking forward to that. Next question comes from Dazed Pinhead or Daniel Schilling, friend of the podcast and supporter of the show on Patreon. We greatly appreciate your support, Daniel. Why don't Star Wars games have any longevity anymore? One of the biggest franchises in cinema, yet games just die out. Why, oh why? What can be done to appeal to non-Star Wars fans? Again, one of the things that I think would allow a longer scale, longevity driven Star Wars game is just continued support. Continued support, whether that be through DLCs and expansions of the story or for a single player Star Wars game. Or we see My Dream is a, a game that's multiplayer driven that doesn't have heroes and is supported through DLC updates, whether that be in Seasons, Battle Pass type stuff, things that can keep people invested over time. And it doesn't have to be super frequently, like month to month. It can be every three months. They have every four months, every five months, they have a Battle Pass, and that's the season. And the season brings in new content. It brings in new cosmetics that people can continue to pour money into the game. And it has a great 
great depth to its community communication and support. So instead of, okay, we don't know if this game is going to continue, say, hey, at the beginning, this is going to be a game that's going to last 10 years. We want to continue to support this game for 10 years, and we will continue to communicate what we're going to be bringing. And also, the storyline for this game is canon, but the rest of the game is not. So we can bring whoever the heck we want to in this game. That's the thing. Games are becoming a a service-driven industry. And I don't mean like service in... And uh, you have to pay a monthly fee type thing. I mean, services as you buy this game and it gets supported as a service and you pay for cosmetics and that's how the game is supported. That is the way that games are moving forward. And I think that's why uh, Star Wars games are continuing to die out. Uh, What I love with Fallen Order was that they're continuing to bring in reasons to to replay the game. They had the, the tournament addition to the game that was great and no one expected it and then they have the uh, xbox series x s and playstation 5 editions of the game that are going to be coming out at are optimized for those new consoles and it's another game it's another reason to replay that game and when that comes out i def i, I guarantee that there's going to be more discussion on how beautiful the game is how great the story is and excitement for the next one that's what needs to be done. And to appeal to non-Star Wars fans, it just needs to be a robust experience. It needs to be something that, even if it wasn't Star Wars, people would want to play it. That is the thing that would keep people who are non-Star Wars fans and also maybe invest them into the game or into the franchise as a whole. That's that's what I see people really, or that's what I see games really needing to bring is this game stand on its own even if Star Wars wasn't attached to it. I think Battlefront 2 did a really good job of this, but some of the things were lesser quality and was able to rest on the Star Wars license and the name of the of the Star Wars brand to bring people in. And friend of the podcast, Yepper. All three. All three of these great people are friends of the podcast, and uh, we love. I love to see support. And communication. I love it when people reach out on Twitter. I love it when people reach out in the Discord, and we have great discussions on why a Star Wars game is great. Star Wars, Star Wars game is bad. Star Wars movie is great. Star Wars movie is bad. I love that discussion because it. it, I want to foster a community that can have these discussions, and not be uh, be toxic or negative. But Yeber asks, what motivated you to start making podcasts, and why Battlefront? And did any podcasters slash content creators inspire you? So what motivated me to start a podcast is I love podcasts. I love audio. And I'm the type of person when I enjoy something, I want to recreate it as best I can. And podcasts were those, some one of those things. I started listening to podcasts in 2013. I discovered them and downloaded podcasts from tech shows to Harry Potter podcast. Mugglecast was one of the first podcasts that I listened to. And oh my gosh, I love that show. And while it didn't really, it didn't inspire the format of of Uplink or the Battlefront podcast, it definitely had an impact on, hey, I can talk about this thing that I love and people will listen. And like the reason I chose Battlefront is I was looking for a Battlefront podcast and I didn't find any. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make the podcast that I would want to listen to. So I did. Uh, my brother and I, cold Colorado night in November, 
went to our garage, bundled up in our, uh, in our jackets, these big puffy jackets, and I had a single microphone that we used for YouTube stuff. We went out there and we recorded uh, two or three episodes of Battlefront Podcast, and that is how it started. So between 2013 and 2015, when Battlefront came out, I did as much research as I could. I listened to as many shows as possible and uh, tried to learn from as many people as I could, find, find what I liked, find what I didn't like, and try to stay away from the things that I didn't like and do the things that I'd really liked. The, the, the transition music in between topics that has been a part of Battlefront Podcast and parts of Uplink was inspired by the Nickelodeon show. So Nickelodeon did a podcast by Hector Navarro, I believe is his name, and he interviewed the people that made some of the best animations and shows on Nickelodeon, even outside of Nickelodeon, and talk about their experiences getting into the industry. And that was one of the, I love that podcast. I love the storytelling. I love the editing and I love the music. So I was like, you know what? I think that is a great feature. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, do my own take on it. And that's how the transition music came around. And that transition music is actually from Star Wars video games. So uh, did any podcasters or content creators inspire you? Yes. Aaron Mankey from Lore. Lore was one of the podcasts I listened to. There was a nerdy podcast. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but one of the hosts was listening to Lore. And this was, this was a little bit, so it was, it was March of 2015 is when Lore came out. And it was a little bit before, but uh, I actually started doing, doing the Battlefront podcast. I loaded up as many podcasts as I could fit on my little iPod and I uh, cranked out some lore and built uh, a studio space for originally it was for YouTube and then it slowly grew into uh, grew into podcast stuff. Uh, so there there uh, lore is a great podcast on the dark history of around the world. The I've actually watched his show his live show twice. Uh, anytime he comes around, I try to I try to go and watch his live show because it's, it's so good. Hopefully, we'll be able to see those again once COVID ends. But another one that greatly uh, greatly influenced me or inspired me was again Lore, Mugglecast, and then the um, I'm a huge tech guy. I love love learning about as much tech as possible. And one of the, one of the probably most, the most podcasts I had listened to are tech podcasts, usually in the Apple space. I love, I love listening to all the Apple news stuff and uh, keeping up to date on technology as a whole. And I listened to a bunch of daily podcasts on Mac news and Apple news. One I, I still listen to to this day is called the Accidental Tech Podcast. And that is a show that has inspired a little bit of the show, especially the quality of it. It's, it's these three developers that talk about Apple news and tech news. And uh, it's, it's a cold open, has, has, a little, has a lot of kind of the things that inspired the rebrand of Uplink in a way. Basically the quality of the edits. And I, I, it, you may not all realize this, but an edit of the podcast actually takes quite a bit of time. Usually it's an hour to two hours, depending on who we have on the show. And the one that we used to announce, Wayfinder, was actually a five gig audio file. And we had five guests on the show. And that one probably took me uh, not two full days, but two days to edit that episode. It was quite the time. So if you have any other questions for me, definitely reach out on Twitter or on the Discord. Would love to hear any questions you have and interact on Star Wars, on gaming, on anything else. Thank you. Thank you for for Yepper, Daniel, and Zio for reaching out and asking these questions. Greatly appreciated that. Now let's talk about what is pay to play 
pay to win and why it's such a thing in gaming as a whole. It's 2017. The announcement trailer for Star Wars Battlefront 2, the sequel to Star Wars Battlefront 2015, has been announced. First it was leaked, and then it was announced. The alpha was there. My brother and I went to EA Play and got to play it. And pre-alpha, then the beta came out. Everything seems to be good to go. There isn't anything weird. There's no weird mechanics. Progression seems pretty good. Crafting parts help you to uh, upgrade your weapons. You earn crafting parts by playing the game. And then the game comes out. Or the game, you can pre-order the game and you get early access. And if you got it on Origin or EA Play, you got to you got to pay you got to play 10 hours of the game a week before it came out. And then if you pre-ordered it, you got to play three days before the game officially came out to those who didn't pre-order it. Something's weird. Something's really weird. As people are playing at a week early, these things called loot boxes are part of the game when they weren't that way in the beta. People are weirded out. And you also have to spend uh, 40,000 credits to unlock Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. This is weird. What's going on here? Boom, huge controversy. Pay to win is in Battlefront. Pay to win, historically, Battlefront 2 wasn't an egregious member of the pay-to-win family, and technically they removed it before the game officially came out. And even if you spent a lot of money on it, it didn't really improve your skills. So pay-to-win is a term that you can pay money to get either weapons or abilities in-game before other people using real money. And a lot of the times it's through loot boxes. So you pay for a loot box, you get crystals, use those crystals to get a loot box, and as a random chance to get something. Now, loot boxes aren't terrible. Used right, they can be all right, but uh, generally, uh, the randomization has gotten it banned in some countries. Some countries are like, hey, yeah, loot boxes, no, that's gambling for kids. Don't do that. Overwatch is actually a really bad player in terms of uh, loot boxes and all that stuff. But, but, pay to win in terms of Star Wars wasn't a huge deal, but it was the scapegoat for everyone to start. It was the spark to light the fire that will burn the Empire down. We are the spark that will light the fire so it, it became a huge thing. Everyone was talking about it. To this day, if you're talking about loot crates or pay to win, they're going to use a picture of Star Wars Battlefront 2. Pay to win, in my opinion, is terrible. I hate pay to win. It sucks. It sucks for people who are poor, like myself. It incentivizes a lack of ownership in earning stuff in-game. And usually... Uh, you can earn the crystals in-game, but it's so slow that it's not even worth it in the long run. Um, Pay-to-play can take form in different ways. Usually, it's a subscription. So, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic is a pay-to-play model, as well as it does have in-game currencies that you can buy and unlock uh, boosters for XP and cosmetics. So, it's not terrible. I would like to see um, more of a more of a shift to stepping away from that and going more towards the cosmetic side of thing. But hey, it works. It's been around for 10 years in uh, December of this year. Another thing that is pay to win or pay to play 
kind of both, is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. So you can play Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes for free. But the way you have to do it is you log in daily, you log in every so so many hours, and you get to uh, you get to participate and progress in the game. But to have a much better experience and actually play the game, you have to spend money. And good gosh, the amount of money that Galaxy of Heroes makes and brings in is incredibly, incredibly huge. It's a large, large amount of money. I don't have the numbers in front of me, uh, but it's substantial. It is substantial. Pay to play, pay to win are uh, pretty popular on the mobile side of things. It has been a huge part of mobile games. Loot boxes that you use real money for to get cosmetics or loot boxes that you use real money for to get uh, weapons. Not even loot boxes. You just use real money to get advantages in the game. I think it's icky. I've been, I've been hopping on and off on Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes pretty regularly uh, a couple weeks ago actually a month ago I, I dedicated some time to say hey this whole week I'm going to play Galaxy of Heroes like you should play Galaxy of Heroes where you you log in every so often you uh, I was trying to to actually play it where you don't spend any money and it's it's pretty fun but the whole the whole idea around the game just is, isn't my speed it's not what I want to play when I load up my phone I'm not usually a mobile gamer but Mobile gaming is huge. It's a huge part of the game industry. And I don't... Now, there is there is the mindset that, hey, those who play on, on mobile devices, those aren't real gamers. But, hey, if you enjoy gaming on mobile, more power to you. It's just not my thing. Now, where does, where does in-game currency lie and what is its place? I personally think that using money in a game should be should not be tied to anything that improves your ability to play the game it should be on cosmetics like you shouldn't be able to buy a better weapon with real money in my opinion that's that's what i see at least in multiplayer games should you be able to put in some money and get some skins sure uh what i would love to see is a, a in a future game you have gun skins for star wars games it'd be super cool to me and the reason we're seeing more of that is the the development costs of gaming and making a triple a game are going up while the price of the game is staying still so they're gonna have to find ways to keep in keep on bringing money to support development which isn't a bad thing we i don't want crunch in a game i don't want i want people to get paid fairly and the way to do that is to support the game developers and it's to continue bringing money in so they can continue working on the game it's a, it's an incentive. This game is bringing in money. We will continue to support the game. This game is not bringing in money. We'll, we'll patch it for bugs, and that's about it. I have an email here from, uh, from Daniel as well. Just to follow up on your latest episode of the podcast, the whole pay-to-play, pay-to-win debate still rages on. I was quite pleased to hear that someone agrees that paying for some in-game bits, not ser- not necessarily to enhance stats, etc., is a good idea. As stated before, I'm not a fan of pay-to-win, but I do agree with some, some people would like to advance quicker. I know this idea is met with quite a lot of hostility, though. Now, the reason I bring this up is lo- I've currently started playing the latest MLB 21, the show. And this is a pack-based game, kind of like FIFA, but they are more about you earning the packs in-game. There's plenty of chances to. So it's buy if you want, but you don't have to. 
will give you some via daily logins, challenges, etc. Another reason I bring this up is the pay to win is met with such hostility, but nearly every other video on YouTube, Twitch, etc. is all about doing stuff fast. Get XP super quick. Best way to level fast. Here's a glitch. Take advantage of it. Everything is fast, 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 fast. I guess what I'm trying to say is what's the difference? There's certain hostility towards buying stuff, but not towards doing stuff fast and basically bypassing most of the game. Glitch smashing. Is this a fair point or am I just too old and missing the point? So he raises a great, great point here. There has been a continuing move to longer and longer games. This idea that if I pay $60 for a AAA game, I need at least 5,000 hours I can sink into it to make it worth my while. I don't know who the heck is asking for this, but I don't want those games. I have such little time to game majority of my time. I would love to feel the accomplishment of finishing a game versus, oh, I've spent 100 hours in this game that's open world and I've barely progressed. I'm just going to go quit and I'm going to start a different game. So I think that's part of it. People are trying to say, hey, I want this amount of content, but also to get through the game at the pace I want to, I need to go as fast as humanly possible. There's a disconnect there and it's a, it's a weird one. People with jobs, man, it's hard to, it's hard to find some time to game. It's a, it's a change in the, it's the ch change in the gaming industry, honestly, that uh, $60 of a game should get you X amount of hours of gameplay content. I'm fine with paying $60 if I have a 20-hour game that is top-notch. I'm fine with that personally. I've got such a back catalog of games right now <laughs> because of that same reason. I don't have some like easily enjoyable, easily accomplished game lengths. There's a balance there, and people are still trying to find it. I don't think it's tying it to gameplay. I think it's tying to cosmetics or maybe uh, tying it to XP boosts versus versus stuff like that maybe there's uh you can play it for x amount of hours and you get up to 50 levels and or you pay x amount of dollars and you get up to 50 levels and 50 levels gets you uh it unlocks a new character or um a new level but it doesn't necessarily make you better like that that new level isn't going to make you better just going to give you an, another way to play. So it's it's a very difficult topic and I would love to I would love to ask you all listening to this episode if you are a game developer no matter what size but I would I, I would love to talk to you about this topic. What what does pay to win do for you as a development team? What does pay to play do for you as a development team? What is the advantage of a DLC versus a battle pass versus a season? And where do those things pair together? I have questions and I would love to talk to you about this. So if you are a game developer or no one, get in contact with them and send them to me. Uh, you can reach out contact at uplinkpodcast.com or battlefrontpodcast.gmail.com on Twitter at uplinkpodcast, all the places. Thank you for listening to Uplink Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Uplink Podcast or on Instagram at Uplink Podcast. If you like the show and we hope you do, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. It helps us out a ton. It gets your feedback and it helps us attract new listeners. 
If you'd like to support the show, you can do so on our Patreon, patreon.com slash uplinkpodcast. Be very appreciative of that. You can get exclusive content like Uplink Plus, our exclusive Patreon podcast, as well as some bonus insider deals on Uplink Podcast merchandise, as well as a mention in the outro. This right here. We'd like to thank Daniel, who uh, supports us at the $10 a month level and helps bring the show to you lovely people. Thank you so much, Daniel. And if you'd like a shout out at the end of the episode, please consider supporting on Patreon. Helps us out a ton, helps us to expand the show and bring you weekly content. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. Yes, I know. We're uplink podcasts now, but can't change the URL for YouTube. So please consider checking out the content that we're producing over there. We have weekly streams every Saturday at 12 p.m. MST, as well as bonus content and expansion of the show. You can find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Wherever you find podcasts, you can find this show. Links to all of the guests' information will be in the description of this episode, so definitely go check them out as well. As always, thanks for listening. Goodness gracious.